0: I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at Catherineplano.com. and as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive just for our email subscribers. There is amazing stuff available for you, only if you sign up to the email list, and you can do that by going to katharineplano.com and sign up on the homepage. This week, as always, we have a super amazing guest for you, Dr. Carol Parker Walsh. Carol is a powerful advocate for women, unapologetically living life on their terms and doing the work they were meant to do in the world. When she was eight, her mother asked her, why is it when everyone goes left, you go right? And she replied, why do I have to go where everyone else does? And now she empowers women to boldly walk their path to a two-time best-selling author international speaker and award-winning consultant carol's been the go-to coach for grammy award winners paralympic gold medalists fortune 500 executives and six to seven figure successful driven professionals and entrepreneurs often and proudly compared to Oprah for her insight, wisdom, intelligence, compassion, and rebel approach. Carol helps her clients stop hiding in the shadows of their brilliance and step into the power of who they are, their vision, purpose, and their life's work. It's now time to tune into this one, very inspirational human being, enjoy. Well, this week, as always, we have a super amazing guest for you, Dr. Carol Parker Walsh. Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And the way that we love to start the show is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So tell us, Carol, what inspired you to do what you do today?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I talked about, I did a TEDx talk recently called, What Did You Leave Behind? And the thing that promulgated or promoted me during the talk was that often we find ourselves having lost a sense of who we are and trying to fit in and be accepted by societal ideas and standards. And, and honestly, I know I was very similar into that in that position. In fact, there was an article that I had read that has always stuck in my mind. I think I probably read it. It had to be at least um, 15 years ago, which asked the question, what did you leave behind when you came to work today? And it's just always stuck in my mind about how am I not being fully myself? How am I not being fully present? How am I not really being fully expressive of who I am? And what pieces of me am I tearing out or ripping out or leaving behind in this effort to try to achieve these external ideas of success, right? You know, and and so many of my clients, they go after this, they're these high achieving women who, you know, are really trapped by these ideas of the title and the corner office and the salary and the prestige. And it really prevents them from being happy. And I remember even in my own life, I remember having all of that, but being unhappy, but out of obligation and fear, just staying there, but remaining miserable. And, you know, I wonder, I I think about the correlation and I haven't done research on this. so I don't want to say it's a fact, but, you know, heart disease is the number one killer women. And I believe that it's because we silently accept unhappiness or a life of unhappiness or a life of what we think we should do or obligation or responsibility and not what we think we want to do or feel that we're even entitled to have it. So my own experience of Climbing that ladder of success, only to realize I've climbed the wrong one, to find myself utterly miserable, but everyone around me cheering me on because, you know, I have a law degree, you're a lawyer, or my doctor degree, or whatever—all these other external accolades—but feeling so trapped and feeling so miserable by the own success that I created, that I found myself slowly dying until I was able to break free from it. So. You know, that's my story, and mm. and it is unique to me in some sense, but I also think it's not overly unique to so many other women that are out there.
0: Mm. It's interesting. I have heard, and I actually read not that long ago, uh, exactly what you were talking about where the number one uh, killer for women is heart disease. And there's been some research how it's linked to self-worth and self-love. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I 100% agree with that. I think because we don't spend enough time doing that. There's something that's been either taught to women or embedded in our DNA that says that we have to love others before we love ourselves, that we have to give to others before we give to ourselves, that by putting ourselves first is somehow or other selfish and unfair, that we have to somehow or other be self-sacrificing. And so I absolutely agree with that. And as a result, not having a sense of who you are, not having a strong sense of identity, how can you have a sense of self-love and self-worth when you don't even know who you are? And you know, even myself, I grew up um, really in a very vicarious, <laughs> interesting situation. Is, as an African American girl who grew up in a predominantly white community, I always struggled with a sense of identity and who was I and where I fit and belonged. And so that 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 theme of identity has been resonating with me without, throughout my life. And when you don't fin, find your sense of place or belonging, not just externally, but in yourself, that's a constant struggle when externally you're getting so many messages that doesn't allow you to line up with any one thing for sure. And so I think that definitely impacts women's self-esteem and self-worth, which I, I do believe there's that's the connection to the heart disease and why it is a number one killer. It's a silent killer. And they call it that because I think we're silent about what we want, what matters, how we feel, how, you know, what's going on in our lives. And we just accept it and deal with it and we internalize it. And I think ultimately it does kill us.
0: Mm, That's, I love the way that you just uh, described that. And it is a silent killer. And I think that, that it links into, I think some of the women that I have worked with, there's a lot of guilt. Uh, you know, mm. if they have to focus on themselves and especially if they have family I find it's like they're so giving and nurturing and mothering yeah and then when it comes to themselves you well what do you want for you they just don't know how to answer that question because they haven't ever done it for themselves
1: Exactly. It's this false mythology of this strong, independent woman that I need no one and I can do it all myself, right? It's this martyrdom that we hold on to that somehow or other, that's a badge of honor if we just lay ourselves bare by giving to something and someone else. And that's just so, that's so not true. And that's, that's, that's why, you know, the women that I work with, you know, at Midlife, they're coming to this place where they have, done all of that and they're at this they're at their late 40s and their 50s and even their 60s and they're like who the hell am I and what do I want and and because they've never spent the time or energy asking that question and spending the time to really discover the answer
0: Mm, I call that midlife crisis when they get to that point it's just because they've never focused or or even um, uh, invested time on self
1: Yes, that's a great, I love that way you frame that because I think that's the key is the investing in time in yourself. And the the challenge that women have with just the idea of investing in themselves, whether it's time, money, or energy, is it's really interesting, the struggle that they have. It really is guilt. I call it the fog. It's the fear, overwhelm, and guilt. <laughs> you know, the fog kind of comes in and just blocks every sense of rationality. We're fearful of what it would mean if we upset the apple cart or if other people uh, can't depend on us or we're not responsible or in control of everything, we're overwhelmed by the options in front of us. And then we feel guilty when we do make a choice that may seem like it's more self-focused and self-energized as opposed to something that's externally driven.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. So, Carol, I'm curious. What has been a radical shift or some radical shifts that you have experienced in your life Uh, that made or changed you for the better?
1: Yeah, there are three specific things I can think about. Uh, There's definitely a few that happened in my childhood, but the things that really crystallized the path that I started walking in adulthood first started with my divorce. And I know so many women who've gone through that can relate. It was, it was really the first time post-divorce and I became a single mom, um, you know, with my two kiddos. And it probably was the first time that I really started to think about what I wanted and what was, what, what, what did I want to have in life as opposed to what was expected of me as a wife, as a mother, as, as, uh, at the time I was uh, practicing, you know, all these external expectations. I, it was the first time I thought, what do I want? What's best for Carol? And I remember struggling even with the idea of that. And, um. Uh, um, but it it was the time that I decided to go back to school. You know, I always joke and say my doctorate program was more of a therapy than it was for any, anything else because it allowed me to explore some really interesting questions around identity and who we are and, you know, human development and psychology and so many things that have informed the work that I do now. Um, so it but it was a powerful, just wonderful time for me to figure out who Carol was. Um, the second thing for me was I was in a near fatal car accident, a drunk driver um, if he hit me head on, I would not be here today. And as as clear as we're talking right now, I heard a voice that said, "Turn now," and that turning, even though I was hit and I had six months of recovery in a wheelchair, um, it really showed me how precarious life was, and that life's too short to stay so silent and to stay stuck in, in a situation. And and also that voice that turned now, I felt it was not just turning at the time to save my life, but also a turning in my life to save my life, right? That That's so often we go down this path that we think is prescribed for ourselves and we're afraid of option A or B because neither one of them feel desirable or seem desirable. But But if you don't make the turn, staying in that same direction is really your utter demise. And so you have to listen to the voice when things aren't right, when things seem not great, and actually make that shift and that change in your life. And And the final one for me was the death of my dad. My, my father was um, an inspiration to me. He was a man who always went after his dreams, at least always tried to and was filled with life and motivation and would always tell his children that there was no limits other than the limits that we placed on ourselves and to always go after our dreams. And he was so filled with that. And and in his later years, he had Alzheimer's. So I just watched him slip away. But when he finally passed, it was something about that that almost liberated me. And it was the final kind of linchpin that allowed me to step out into my truth and into my authenticity and uh, and to claim and to really figure out what I wanted, but to own it and stand in that significance and to really kind of live a legacy to, to realize that what I was doing was not, uh, I, I was just living, but I really wanted to do more. And it was almost an honoring of what he provided for me and the insight and the inspiration that um, I felt I was leaving a legacy um, by, by stepping out on my own and, I was almost 50 years old at the time, I remember, but it, it was the most liberating and freeing experience through that process um, of his death. So those were the three. It was interesting how those three things just kind of opened the door, then had me walk through the door, then ultimately, you know, get me running. <laughs> mm,
0: I love the way that you've actually described that because there are massive radical shifts, all three of them. Uh, but mm-hmm. you were able to see the beauty in them. I think that's yes. that's a thing you didn't allow these uh, to define you. If anything, they catapulted you forward.
1: Yes, yes. It's one of the things that I think is so true is um, there's some work I did with um, another coach, you, you probably heard of him, Jeffrey Van Dyke, and he talks about how your life wounds are your life PhD and and how that through those scars and through those painful moments in our lives, that we actually discover some powerful, significant truths about ourselves and that they inform who we are, how we respond to them and react to them. And And I have always made the choice to look at my experiences and ask, what lessons do I need to learn? as opposed to, oh, this is the end of my life. So I've been blessed with that. And I you know, saved my father and, and my faith has sustained me in that but, um, and, and helped me think about things in that way. But I always look for the lesson that I'm meant to learn because I do believe we're here for a purpose. And I do believe our lives are meant to impact others. And so I always choose to ask myself, as I'm going through this, what do I need to learn to help me be better and more significant in how I can impact and help someone else? who may be going through something and and may not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel or may not be able to look at it in such a positive way, but to really mine that experience to see the gifts that really come from that, that can be utilized in a way that allows us to step into the work that we're meant to do in the world, the people we're meant to be in the world, and the impact we're meant to make in the world.
0: And that's the the key word there is gifts. If you actually look at the the scenarios that take shape in life, it is how we react and we respond to them. We can either Mm. decide to remain stuck on our path and keep that story, Mm -hmm. or we can allow it to look at it as a gift. And now I call it the the yellow brick road unfold in front of you, because you are looking at it as a gift. And what I'm a lessons here, what am I to do with this information? So it helps you move forward rather than stay stuck in your story.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's, if we can learn to do that, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, we will have a little you know, a little pity party, a little pain party, <laughs> as we go through the most immediate feelings and impact of those events. But it, the thing that allows us to move forward is 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 that process. I mean, I think the the biggest uh, lie and mistake that we believe is that somehow or other our lives are supposed to be perfect and pain free, and that's not true. It's 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 through we've seen so many examples that is through even if you look at the way a butterfly comes out, it's through the pain and and the uh, reconstitution, and the remaking, and and the struggle, and the fight that emerges this beauty. And and it is through those experiences that, you know, we're iron sharpens iron, right? It's, it's how the diamond is cut and made. And, you know, things that usually come out that are just amazingly gorgeous that we admire, often go through the mire in order to get to the place that they're at, at the end. And And so I just look at it as an opportunity to understand that process to see how it can best serve me and others.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, we are human creatures or human beings and we are allowed to have our moments of emotional (laughs) uh, outpour. I think the question is for how long? I think that's the, the the key question
1: there. Absolutely, I agree. Totally, I agree. I think, it, yeah, yeah, you, it should not be the it should not be the the defining factor of your life or a lifelong journey of misery. And and it's, it's sad to me when I know people who get really trapped in that story and can't break from that narrative, um, yeah. and and not see it or be able to rewrite it or reconstruct it in a way that's more useful for them. It's it's heartbreaking to see that. But you're right; it's really a choice, and that's really what it boils down to.
0: Mm. So, Carol, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice, somebody that wanted to embark on a new life or a new career, what advice would you give them?
1: I would say, number one, please, please, please carve out the time to learn what you want. And find the support from a neutral objective party to help you be able to see the things that you can't see yourself. Because one of the things that I have seen, and it's really, you know, heartbreaking to me, and I kind of mentioned that, is that women, and I often see this particularly with women of color, they don't readily seek support or the coaching that they need to help them in this process or in this journey, right? It's, it's that strong woman mythology that we buy into, or this feeling that by asking for help, it's seen as weakness and we live in a very patriarchal paradigm. So we tend to adapt these more um, male based characteristics of operating in the world, but that's not how feminine power is realized, but we don't understand that because we've not been taught that or explained that, or maybe even seen that as examples. Um, So instead of seeking the support or trying to understand, we just roll up our sleeves and dig deeper and harder thinking, you know, I'm just going to fight my way through this or just, just get my way through it. But the problem is if we don't take the time to do the work to discover the truth of what we want, how can we really discover it, right? You know, so it's it's important and in this fast-paced society and particularly, you know, as I'm sure you know, working with, you know, high-level, high-powered type A people, you know, is go, go, go. And the idea to stop and think seems trivial or a waste of time because after all, I'm intelligent and I'm smart and I should know these things by osmosis, I guess. <laughs> but you know, we don't take the time to just stop and ask ourselves the deeper questions and allow for the deeper answers to come out and then allow that to really guide and influence us. And so the number one thing I would say is please, as we were saying earlier, invest the time and the energy in yourself to really understand yourself and what you really want out of this life, because you only get one bite of the apple with this.
0: Mm, it's so true and you know carol i as you were saying uh explaining that to us i was just thinking about some of the conversations i've had and i myself i found it really hard being uh a very strong woman uh, to ask for help, and yeah, when I used to go through my own little emotional roller coaster, I used to always say I used to hear myself say, "Suck it up, princess, yeah you know, you'll get through this, you always have but i I think in i I'm in a different state of mind now where really I look at vulnerability, standing in my truth or standing in my light is really the new leader, the new the new to me it's it's the new strength. It's not a sign of yes. weakness to ask for help and it's not a sign of weakness if you're actually being transparent transparent and vulnerable.
1: Absolutely. Yes, yes. Phrases like, you know, put your big girl panties on and, you know, all of that, which, which I really believe are, as I said before, male patriarchal paradigms of suck it up, tough it out, just get through it, but we've adopted them as, you know, female mantras that have really been detrimental to us. And you're right, you know, the things about us that makes us fabulous is our vulnerability, our ability to have that uh, ability to just to be open and raw and vulnerable, which I think in so many of us, we've kind of beat it out of us because it's, we've seen it as a sign of weakness, because it's maybe been portrayed and talked about, or, you know, even discussed as a sign of weakness when it really isn't. I, I totally agree with you that to stand in your authentic self and to be vulnerable and open regardless of what people say or think or the backlash that you'll receive is truly the strength and the courage that the, that we have. And I think that that is a standard of strength and courage that um, we should embody more of. But, yeah, I was the same way. No one could tell me. And I was strong and I'm tough. And, you know, as a woman of color, you know, we've gone through so much and I have my ancestors to stand on and no one is going to tell me No one, I don't need anything, you know, so I I know, I I know of what I speak when I say that because I've lived it. And Mm -hmm. I also know the impact and the detrimental uh, impact it has when you don't just stop and say, you know what, I don't know. And my sister, can you help me? Can you just give me a space to just get what's going on in my head out, to just connect with me, to support me while I'm in this space as I try to figure these things out? And that is a vulnerability. But, boy, what comes out of that is so, so powerful.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that when I was able to stand in my light and stand in my truth and be transparent and vulnerable, I think I grew immensely, immensely. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. It's like with Miriam, that that whole Miriam Williamson poem that we all love so much about you know um, giving ourselves an opportunity to shine and how it gives other people permission to do the same and that our shrinking serves no one right including ourselves but definitely no one around us and um, you know I think we like to say those words but I mean to embody them is a whole nother thing
0: absolutely absolutely so Mm. Carol you've had an amazing life and a great adventure what has been a greatest lesson that you have learned thus far
1: Well, you know, it was from my absolute favorite person, um, my aunt, who um, always, you know, was such a huge influence in my life. And she always and we talked about this a little bit, but she was always someone who said that you have to always love yourself first, most and always. And I remember as I was a younger person thinking, that is so selfish, Auntie. <laughs> that seems so selfish to just be all about you, which is how I thought about it. But it is how it's it, it it goes exactly to what I was talking about about how women are taught not to do that, to be external in terms of our thought and who we want to take care of as opposed to taking care of ourselves. But she always had that belief. She always used to say to me, I love me more than anybody else. And I think, my goodness, that is such a bold statement, but how selfish is that? But man, what a significant lesson, because as I got older, I, th- the most significant, valuable, important thing you can do is to love yourself, is to consider your, to fill your cup, to to see all the beautiful, fabulous, significant, magnificent, glorious riches within yourself so that you can realize and act in that space and also to do that for others. For for what I realized, in order to give at the absolute fullest level, you have to love yourself at the absolute deepest level. And that's something, and I watched her do that. Even though she would say that, I watched my aunt give to so many people when she didn't even have that much to give and to serve and to support. And everyone knew her. I mean, when she finally passed away, it was almost like a dignitary pass because so many people were impacted by the way uh, she impacted their lives. But but she still lived with the mantra, I love me first. So it clearly wasn't an act of selfishness. It was allowing her to also give at the highest level.
0: Oh, what an amazing role model to have in uh, as part of your family. And I look at that not being selfish,
1: but self full. Yes, yes. And it took me a while to get that. You know, it's interesting. It took me a while to get that. And I think that's a challenge that many women have. I think it, it sounds selfish, but it really is, as you said, selfful. Mm. And helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Carol, the other thing that we
0: love to ask our woman of inspiration is pain point. We believe everybody's got pain points. What would be some of your biggest pain point or a pain point that you stumble across on a day to day basis, whether it's business or life? And how did you find a solution to your pain point?
1: Well, it's it's um, interesting. I, I love the work that I do and can do it nonstop without thinking about, you know, that whole self-care thing. I mean, I've learned to gain confidence and I do love myself, but taking care of myself is an action that I was neglecting. And uh, so actually a colleague and a friend of mine introduced me to this, uh, the Morning Miracle, the book, and uh, more specifically about creating a morning ritual routine to just really set my mind, set my heart, set my intention for the day and to really engage in a practice that allows me not to immediately go into my day and allow everything else that's happening to impact me in a way that doesn't allow me to protect myself, but to actually start the day by kind of putting on the strength and the armor to go out and do what I have to do so that at the end of the day, I'm not fully spent. Uh, So, you know, whether it's taking, you know, taking a walk, having a quiet time, I, I tell you, apps have been my friend finding things like the seven minute workout on my phone or a meditation app or having my Kindle or the reader that I have on my phone to be able to read a few chapters, um, you know, in the morning or inspirational poems or quotes or scripture or, what, or whatever it is to just really set my mind and my intention And, and it's interesting I I don't I don't have a set timer around that but I do it until I know that I feel like ready to go for the day that I feel filled up and ready to take on the day and that was one of the things that you know it it was it, it went right over my head to actually um create these special carved out moments to really prepare myself for my day and to give myself that luxury of um of doing that and so that was something i had to learn and i stumbled upon it by talking it over with a girlfriend who said "Has you ever heard of this and and it gave me really inspiration to create that pattern in my life
0: oh i love that and i'm i'm a big uh, app person too with uh exercise uh, just recently because we're in the middle of winter of course and um i found a yoga app for 30 minutes in the mornings which is really cool so it's helped me uh feel better about myself rather than go hmm it's too cold to exercise i just found a way around. i know but, yeah.
1: isn't that awesome i mean apps have just been my you know i mean my, i i am a midlifer I'm, you know I'm 55 and so i you know apps usually i find them through my child so <laughs> or one with the other so so finding these these tools that are readily as, available to you to just and it doesn't have to be this long extenuous process it's just taking those singular moments and devoting them to yourself to, to get what you need uh, for the day has been really revolutionary, re- revolutionary for me.
0: Mm, absolutely. So Karen, the other thing that we uh, love to ask a woman of inspiration, and I know that you do a lot of work with women in business and entrepreneurs and so forth. What do you think is a reason or a number one reason that individuals fail to succeed in business?
1: Yeah, it's not controlling your thoughts. And you know, we talked about mindset so much. And you know, we've talked about, you know, there's growth mindset, we know Carol Dweck's work, but it's really not controlling your thoughts. And what I mean by that is that we tend to act mostly based on our feelings, right? We feel a certain way, you know, the guilt or overwhelm or whatever emotion we feel. So we act on it without really thinking about the myriad of reasons that really drove that particular uh, feeling. So when we get we can get back to the thoughts and what we're thinking about of certain things. For example, if you think I'll never find a career I love or never do work that's meaningful to me, it'll fill you with despair and frustration. And when you feel despair and frustration, you don't engage in productive or useful ways. And when you don't engage in productive and useful ways, the result is that you're just stuck in the same place. And so it becomes this perpetual cycle when our our, when we think, when we operate through our feelings as opposed to really capturing our thoughts. But if we shifted the thought to say that, well, with some work, help, and some time, I can eventually find what I meant to do. Well, then the feeling shifts to inspiration and, and, and hopefulness and opportunity, and that changes how we may act, because then we'll explore options and we'll explore things that may allow us to get to the thought that we're thinking of that I may find my meaningful or engaging career or business that I want to start or do. And so that's the number one thing I think with people that, that, that makes them fail is that they don't capture their thought. And there, there's a, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a spiritual one. And there's a, a scripture that talks about take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. And I love that particular scripture because it, it's really the same way. It's take captive your thought. Really think about, don't operate out of just what you're feeling. Examine that feeling by examining what you're thinking. Because as we talked about earlier, a lot of staying in a narrative, staying in a limiting belief you know, not preventing ourselves from going after the things we want are choices that we make. They're thoughts that we have that we have accepted as a truth. And we haven't challenged that to say, well, what if this was a different way of going about it? What if I thought this way? What if this was a different approach to just sitting in the feeling That we may be having in the moment, right? So for me, it's this, you know, kind of cognitive behavioral work of of really thinking about your thoughts and how powerful they are, and how we should do more work to really make sure they're supportive to where we're going, making the choice to make sure they're supportive, as opposed to just giving in to whatever feeling we're having in the moment.
0: I love that question, what if. There's a whole story around Nelson Mandela uh, shares his story about what if. And I Mm. think it really helps opening up your mindset to find a solution. So absolutely, I love that one. Mm -hmm. So, Carol, if we were to go back
1: in time, back to your younger self,
0: what advice Mm. would you give your younger self?
1: I would say trust and follow your instincts, girl. Your intuition is stronger than anyone else's opinion around you. (laughs) And, and I, you know, again, we're not taught to do that. You know, we are so we question ourselves so much and we look for external validation all the time. And I know that's what I did. And I think girls do that quite a bit. Boys are taught to trust, you know, to just trust their gut and go for it. But girls, we tend to, you know, are taught to question what we're doing or ask for advice or seek support because, it, which leads us to not believe we can trust what we're feeling on the inside. And so then it creates this lifestyle of, of looking external looking for external validation as opposed to internal validation. So, mm. you know, for me, I would say, you know, girl, trust, you know, better than any other advice, because the advice someone's giving you is based on their lived experience, not yours, It's through their lens of what they went through, which you haven't gone through. So they can only give you so much, but your instincts and intuition are really telling you where it is that you need to go. Mm, I so
0: agree with that and I really believe that And I think as a society we tend to be very driven by external uh, situations and scenarios mm-hmm. rather than focus internal and seek within and follow that yes. intuition and gut instinct
1: mm-hmm. yep we have it and many many times people will say boy I knew that wasn't what I should do or I was thinking I should do it this way and boy I wish I followed my instinct and That's really a sign that we know internally, we know, I I believe this to be true. Internally, we know the truth and what we want. What we don't give ourselves is the permission to allow that to be enough and allow that to be okay. And that's what I would say, you know, to that my young self is that it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. trust yourself, girl.
0: Oh, I love the way you said that. So, Kara, the Everything other thing as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes
1: her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? You know i I went back and forth with this, and the one that kept coming up for me was a catalyst. you know it reminded me of that movie Pleasantville. I don't know if you want to seen that um it had um I, I think Reese, Reese Witherspoon, I believe was in it, but anyway it it was a story where um these kids went into Pleasantville, this town where everything was in black and white. And when they entered into it, they and and they kind of followed a singular paradigm. And when they fell into the world, they start introducing like, no, you don't have to do it this way. No, you can do it this other way. And then all of a sudden, as it expanded someone's particular mind, they turned into color. And, And eventually the whole town turned into color because they rejected the singular paradigm and embraced the impossible. They embraced all these opportunities and possibles, not, not knowing what would happen next, but excited to like live their life boldly. So I think in a lot of ways, I see myself as a catalyst as helping high achieving professional women, midlife rebels, I call them (laughs) to wake up from the, this kind of black and white land and a world to move into the land of technicolor. So, you know, I would say catalysts would be, um, my brand.
0: I love that. And I love the midlife rebels. That is so cool. That is so true. I can relate to that. The other thing that we do as we wrap up the show, Carol, is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today?
1: Yes, get super clear on your superpowers. Know who you are and what you want to do in life. Uh, Don't be afraid to buck the status quo and to walk your path, really discover your path and walk it and not some predetermined path by someone else. Those would be the things I would say.
0: Oh, I love that. I love all three of them. And (laughs) Carol, where is the best place for our listeners to find you?
1: Well, you can find me on my website at carolparkerwalsh.com. It'll lead you to my other social media handles. I'm often on LinkedIn and Facebook quite a bit as well, which are, again, Dr. Carol Parker Walsh, where you can find me.
0: Carol, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom and your stories. It's been very insightful for me today. So I've really enjoyed this uh, time together. Thank you so much for your time and your energy.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an e-book to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano.